You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Is Star Wars Revenge of the Sith a good movie? Today we will be reviewing Star Wars Episode 3 in light of the Clone Wars TV show. Did that show make the movie better? This episode is primarily for big Star Wars geeks who are already familiar with the movies, the show, and maybe even some of the lore. Hey everybody, welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode number three. We are the Priest to the Geeks. Uh, and when we say that, we don't mean that we are ordained or anything like that, but rather the biblical sense of just being mediators between one culture and another. And uh, in this case, it's Christianity and geekdom. Uh and we're not trying to trap anybody with that. We're just genuine people who are interested in Star Wars, wanting to look at it from a Christian perspective. I am Joshua Knoll, and I am a fourth-year biblical study student who has spent hours listening to sea shanties while binge reading the Invincible comics this week. All right, and I am TJ Blackwell, and I have just recently forced Joshua to start reading the Invincible comics. I'm Joe Day, and I am a lover of all things comic-related. All right. So today's subject, he's already mentioned it. I also made Joshua watch The Clone Wars uh, because we were talking about some of the problems he had with Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, I was like, well, The Clone Wars fixes some of that. And he just hadn't watched it at that point uh, because he just thought it was a kid's show for kids. So, I mean, if you watch the first few episodes of season one, I feel like you'd understand why I thought that. Yeah, it definitely starts out as a kid's show. But I just, yeah. I really thought it would help. And uh, I couldn't stand the continuous slander. Uh, he thought it was the worst one. Worst Star Wars movie. That. That's ridiculous. Well, I don't think it's the worst Star Wars movie anymore. Now that you know, the rise of Skywalker is out. Um, however, pastor will has a really interesting defense for rise of Skywalker. I mean, that, that's not what we're here to talk about, but yeah, he basically said it got his kids into it. And if something makes you, you know, other people get into star Wars and I can share my love of star Wars with them. That's a good thing. Which, oh, yeah. um, yeah. I was say, I, I've kind of started to take that with the prequels as much as I am just not a huge fan of the prequels. Learning, you know, re I realize that without them, a lot of my close friends might not be huge into Star Wars. So maybe I should be thankful for them anyway. Right. But yeah, uh, Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite Star Wars movies because, you know, it's one of the ones I grew up with. Uh, Joe, I'm not familiar with your position on Revenge of the Sith. Would you like to share? Yeah, um, I, I'm in this weird spot because I'm of the generation where the prequel trilogy, um, a lot of people my age say, that's my Star Wars. Uh, but I grew up on the original three. I, I, those were the first, those are my Star Wars. And so I have a hard time accepting the prequel trilogy and actually went back and watched, um, Revenge of the Sith today in preparation for this. And, I, it's funny, I went in with that being my favorite of the prequel trilogy, but you, there's so much of it that, for me, ha has a hard time standing up to, um, I don't know, conventional storytelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'm going to elaborate my stance, then allow TJ to respond in jest because I feel like he needs to um, because no one wants to hear my negative view be the last view because that's awful. 
Um, so first, first I want to say, I think a lot of my distaste for the prequels is actually just a matter of taste and that's it. Um, the prequels feel a lot more sterile. They're a lot sillier and they're a lot more, they feel more technological compared to the originals that felt very lived in, very approachable, mystic. And you, you never really knew completely what was going on. Whereas the, the point of the prequels was to show a more civilized culture to show what it was like before the empire. It was meant to feel the way that it felt. So I don't think that makes it a bad movie or any of them. I think it's just that that's not what I wanted. So who really cares about that? And I think that is probably my biggest problem is just not being able to get over the fact that I don't enjoy that. Right. Um, That being said, uh, when we get to Revenge of the Sith, I love the duel. Uh, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, which is funny because I I had a hard time ever admitting that I liked any part of this movie, but I I rewatched it yesterday. And I'm like, you know what? That that scene, all of the fight scene is fantastic. Like it, it's just it's done really well. Um, I still have a problem with how quickly Anakin turned and decided to kill all the children. Um, Clone Wars, the show, definitely helped with that. Like uh, you see more of his anger in there. We're going to talk about that later. But having seen more of that, I was like, okay, I could see him turning evil, but it still felt too sudden. I can't see the Anakin of the Clone Wars show killing all the children especially since in the like the third to last episode he's still getting all sentimental and emotional about seeing ahsoka so i just can't see that guy doing that um i actually feel like the clone wars made it harder for me to understand why the senate was all like oh an emperor yeah this is great Uh, it actually made me like "I, i feel like a lot of them wouldn't feel so great about that um but again clone wars did fill in a lot of the holes um And I am at the point now that it's hard to watch that movie and not go, okay, maybe they were actually thinking this before they made the movie. So it does make some of it better. It's just still not my favorite. Uh, Even of the prequels, I still think I like it the least of the prequels. So, yeah. Well, you know, in my opinion, you you mentioned the, the final duel, which is the prequel's greatest strength to me. Uh, because in the other two trilogies, uh, the people you get to see fight with lightsabers are untrained <laughs> children. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you can see what lightsaber dueling masters are supposed to look like in the prequels. And it's great. It's fun action. Uh, but it's also, if you are interested in, like, global politics, I think the prequels get a lot more interesting to you. Because, you know, they mentioned the tax rates. They talk about why or how the Republic got to this state. And you have to remember, uh, Emperor Palpatine uh, is, you know, the most powerful Sith Lord that we see in the movies. Uh, You know, he was killed by Darth Vader, whatever. But he (laughs) is a master manipulator. And that is how he was able to convince Anakin to come to the dark side or what you see as so suddenly, but yeah, it's really just, he reached that snapping point and that's when, you know, he snapped, but he manipulated an entire galaxy. Anakin is not above that. Okay. But like, I love the global politics and stuff too. And I also feel like that was too sudden. Like, I don't feel like most of the senators were at the place where they would have been like, yeah, emperor fine. (laughs) I just, I have the same problem with that. 
it but was hard taking the one premise that... means you have to take the other premise. I'll give you that. Joe? I'm sorry, Joe? It's hard to give any kind of weight to some of what happens in, in Revenge of the Sith. I definitely am inclined to agree that watching it in light of Clone Wars really changes the experience. But I also have to agree that Emperor Palpatine is absolutely... In, in my opinion, the best part of the prequel trilogy because you get to see the rise of this figure that was so menacing in the original three that you get to see this, the, the ascension of this figure. At the same token, you could say the same thing with Darth Vader except for the fact that when you see what actually led to this incredibly menacing bad guy from the original three in Darth Vader to see the way that it came forward um, was was a little bit lackluster. You know, I, I think the name of the game yeah. as far as these the prequel trilogy is there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of positive puzzle pieces. Unfortunately, though, those positives are firmly entrenched in um, some real negatives. Now, since it sounds like we're ganging up on TJ, God, I, I want to reverse it on me. I am okay not with afraid. Anybody. <laughs> well, so whereas uh, it sounds like me and Joe both agree that, that we Revenge of the Sith just isn't really a good movie, but TJ likes it, thinks it's a good movie. However, I think where Joe and TJ both agree that it's the best of the prequels, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and and that, that's where I'm the oddball out. And even among my own generation, you know, I, I actually had to recall some of my college friends because so many people I talk to now love Revenge of the Sith. And I'm like, oh, let me make sure that it wasn't just me who thought that was bad. And, yeah, no, most of my friends growing up and in college thought it was bad. The problem is most of them also thought the episode one was worse. And I think that's where I'm the oddball out. Um, the reason I don't consider episode one worse than episode three is because it introduced me to Qui-Gon Jinn. It showed a young Obi-Wan growing up. It introduced Naboo. I love Naboo. I think it's a great planet. It introduced a lot of the politics. A lot of the stuff it introduced Darth Maul. Super cool. Uh, I, I, For me, that forgives the over silliness, the bad dialogue and everything else in it. But uh, for a lot of other people, it doesn't. So um, would y'all like to defend why Revenge of the Sith is better than episode one? Uh, yes. Uh, you can go first, Joe. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I, I would agree that a lot of the things that you brought up about episode one are really cool points. Unfortunately, though, all of the, the actual, the only actual development that those got outside of not being able to fully breathe inside of the time frame that the movie had, they all came from different other mediums, comics, um, books, TV shows, where at least if you are a fan, when it comes to episode three, if you like what you, what that movie has to offer, then I personally feel like more of that is on display in episode three, whereas with episode one, you have to argue whether or not, yes, it may have brought up these comics and these, or the, these 
concepts and these characters and stuff. But if it didn't actually touch on it or it didn't actually flush it out, was it any good in the first place? Mm. I mean, it flushed out Qui-Gon's character enough that we knew who he was well enough to like him so that they would put him in some of the books and comics because people liked him. And same thing with Darth Maul and most of the other things they introduced. But it, it didn't flesh out Darth Maul at all. He says Agreed. almost nothing. His character design was just so raw that every kid who watched that movie was like, I need to see it again. That's I true. need we him like to come back. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And he had a double-sided yeah, lightsaber. But Which, Qui-Gon Jinn, I feel like we got enough of him that people genuinely like the character. That may be true, but it's still just a, a flash in the pan of episode one. Like it's, he's in the movie for like 45 of it. minutes, an hour. He's like pretty much one of the key parts of the movie. He he's is. why Anakin's involved. But still, I just, I don't think it makes it better than Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Revenge of the Sith explores uh, personal interactions between Jedi, which is something we don't get to see a lot of. Uh, it has, I'll, I would like to say three of the best duels, three of the best lightsaber duels in the movies. And it's just, mm. it's so good. I enjoy it a lot. My second favorite lightsaber duel is also with Darth Maul, so... That that might also have me biased. But everything that happens in episode one you get that you love about episode one, except for Qui-Gon Jinn, is in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yes. Clone Wars, the the show, was absolutely better than the first movie. Well, than any of the prequel movies for me. I, I love the show, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, maybe. Right. Great so, show. The question is, is Revenge of the Sith good? It's an opinion. No. It's an opinion. Uh, we yeah. like to call Josh, Josh with the bad opinions. That's true. Uh, <laughs> That's very true. I think it's a good movie. I love the movie. Uh, I I rate it an, a solid 8 out of 10, maybe a 9, depending on the day. You have to stick to one. Or you could say 8.5. 8.5 out of 10. Fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and be inflammatory and then let Joe fix it. Uh, I, I originally would have given it either a 2 or a 3 out of 10, um, but I'll probably, after watching Clone Wars, give it a 4. So Ridiculous. I can't stand that I, movie. I would have to... Um, be in between at a five, maybe a six, but I say that with the giant asterisk of if the things that are showcased in this movie are your speed, like I said before, they are incredibly on display. So I can totally understand that if the, if this movie is your speed, that this movie is fantastic. I just think it, it suffers from it trying to be an adult movie while also trying to be a little kid movie. All of the prequels at the same the problem. Token, yes. As well as um, suffering from 
we'll call it clunky dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you meet the duel of the fates and <laughs> you just watch it for all of its bombasticness, it's wonderful. It is probably the, out of the prequel trilogy, I may call it the most tightly choreographed fight scene in the prequel trilogy, but the dialogue in between was just, I don't know, I, it, it, hard hard to forgive. Mm. Yeah, and the score was incredible. That's true. Movie. Movie. But it, it might says. I will. I want to put an asterisk on mine also that uh, I think Revenge of the Sith has the best score of all of the Star Wars movies. It was fantastic. Um. Anyway. Uh, so that being said, uh, we, we do want to reflect on it from a Christian perspective. That's sort of what this is all about. So um, I, I think the biggest key principle here is the thing that I have the problem with, actually. It, it's, it discusses how people become evil. How did Anakin become Darth Vader? How do we become evil today? And it's going to tie into what I've selected as today's verse. Um, so Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, depending on your version, it reads something like, uh, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. A lot of versions say, don't give him a foothold, right? And it, I selected that because it really made me think of the moment in episode two, Attack of the Clones, where Anakin snaps and he lets anger grab a hold of him and he kills all of the people in that village, right? And that, and then if you watch the Clone War show, you keep seeing these moments of anger kind of pop up. And he keeps being angry and acting on it. That's the problem. Uh, the whole thing in the Bible is you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Imagine if Anakin instead had forgiven that village before nightfall. We would have a different story, but that's not what happened. And just that one foothold allowed the emperor to introduce enough fear that he turned and went to the dark side. And, and, and I think that's pretty relevant. I feel like that is what the Bible says happens to us as people. Um, TJ, what do you think? I mean, it's... Yeah, if his real struggle is with himself, he can't give up those emotions, which is key to being a Jedi and being a good Christian, uh, in some people's opinions. And it's, I mean, it's pretty relevant. It's shockingly relevant. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Joe? One of the things that stood out to me the most was Anakin's realistically human response to wanting something so bad that they miss the writing in the wall. You miss the, the, the fact that you can so clearly see that what you're doing isn't right, but the desire that you have supersedes that. And that's something that we struggle with. That's why the Bible talks about in several different instances of dying to yourself, of of looking past yourself, of not serving yourself. People don't fall for con artists because they're uneducated. <laughs> People fall for con artists because they it because they're human. Mm. And I think this movie to draw out the um moral and um Christian overtones pulls out this story of somebody who wants more than anything, something that would be considered good intention, but in an effort to do that, they rely on themselves and they pull on their own 
uh, anger and darkness and strength or perceived strength mm -hmm. to get to this point of I'm going to do this of my own accord and I'm going to make sure that this gets done. And generally when we do that, that's exactly when we fall directly on our Right. You know, I want to I want to add to that because that, that made me think that a, a lot of this comes back to the whole pride becomes before fall thing, too. Right. Um, he's so proud, and especially when we watch the Clone Wars series. He's so proud of his abilities. He's so much better than the other Jedi. He should be a Jedi master. Right. That's what he says in this movie, Revenge of the Sith. He's like, I deserve to be a Jedi master. And I think that pride turns into narcissism where what he wants was more important than anything. His desire to keep his wife alive and his kids to be okay was way more important than any other children. And and I just think that's a natural thing that you see pride becoming narcissism like that. It's um yeah, actually that particular point fantastically made. And it's something I haven't really thought of in the Star Wars related before, but I I think they made a really good point with that. Mm -hmm. And that's also how the Jedi Order fell, which we see in Revenge of the Sith. But they go over better in the Clone Wars, which we want to talk about briefly. Uh, so if you haven't yeah, seen the Clone let's Wars, let's through that real quick and then. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, absolutely watch it. One of the best yeah. animated shows I've ever seen. It's long. It's worth it. It's fantastic. Uh, Josh, I think you've watched through the series the most recently. Did you want to summarize the story? No, no, that that that's your job. <laughs> All right. I have no idea how you summarize that story. So it is it chronicles the Clone Wars, the you know, the actual Clone Wars. Uh starts right after episode two. And yeah. Well there's a movie that it launches with that was just the animated version of episode right. two. And it you wasn't get, good. And you follow Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, his Padawan uh, Anakin's Padawan, who is until recently only in the Clone Wars. And now she's Fantastic. in the Clone Wars and Rebels and the Mandalorian. But and you see get her own show. Mm -hmm. And you see them go through the Clone Wars and you see Anakin as a general. You see the things that make him believe he is so much greater than other Jedi. And it's hard to talk about it without spoiling things. But you get to watch these characters grow in wartime, which causes things to happen. Yeah. And you get to yeah, see so the effect the war has about, on the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's been that. It brings a lot of questions up about what the Jedi Order really was. Um, and uh, we'll get to that later. But like how religion, I mean, Jedi Order was a religion and how sometimes being so dogmatic about your religion turns you into the very thing you're fighting. And the show does a really good job of showing that. And um, Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic show. Uh, is there anything that we don't agree on as a whole with Clone Wars? I think it was pretty close to a perfect show if it had just started off with the assumption that it was only going to be for, you know, adults who wanted to watch Star Wars. I think it would have been perfect. Yeah, uh, I think that is. Go ahead, Joe. I would definitely agree with that. I would go as far as to say that Clone Wars and I, I saw I remember the original version of the Clone Wars that came out um, <laughs> 10 plus years ago when it was just an experiment that ended up catching fire. And I think that when they built upon that, that was the best prequel material that they have put out. Yeah. In general. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. For sure. So we're all in agreement. Pretty much the only downfall <laughs> is uh, it is at heart a kid's show, and it goes back to that periodically, and it starts off as that. So it's just a really fantastic animated show. Uh, yeah. And as far as misconceptions go, that is one, ironically, that it is just a kid's <laughs> show. Because it really is not, especially towards the end. Because you're watching these people, Anakin, fall to the dark side gradually. You know, they don't do great things in the dark side. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so as far as um thing, other things that we liked and disliked about it, um, one of my, I, I'm going to say, top five Star Wars characters now has to be Hondo. Uh, he is a space pirate. For those who haven't seen the series, fantastic character. Um, I, I've gone to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney twice now. Uh, once was before watching Clone Wars, and I didn't really know as much as I thought I would know about what was there because, you know, I've watched all the movies. I should know. Um, then I watched Clone Wars and I went back to Galaxy's Edge and turns out Hondo is on the Millennial Falcon and he's just talking to you. And I'm like, this is pretty much the best moment ever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Hondo. Uh, yeah, I was, what's some stuff that y'all like? Well, I was debating telling you this, but uh, Hondo is in Star Wars Rebels. So fantastic! Yeah, I, I just I need more Hondo. Uh, so I just I think I like pretty much everything about the Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, fight choreography probably number one. You can't really get a fight choreography as good as the Clone Wars in a live action show. So. Yeah, I will simply yet. suffer. <laughs> uh, Joe, what else did you like about it? So I'm a huge sucker for anything lore related for my favorite um, IPs. That's why I'm such a big comic book fan. And I feel like with Clone Wars, they took this thing that I would I would argue was a throwaway line from A New Hope. <laughs> and gave life to an entire period of time in Star Wars mythology. And as the show goes on, you're seeing character building. You're seeing lore building. It's introducing new concepts and bringing old concepts that were only lightly touched on and bringing them <laughs> forward to an unimaginable new degree. So this is the kind of show that if you want to get to know your characters, if you want to get to know the scenery and the goings on of this world that was created, then this is exactly up your alley. And that's why um, I think part of I think that's part of why it is so complementary to Revenge of the Sith, because Revenge of the Sith also did a lot of that same kind of um, world building just in, in very specific and, and different portions of the lore and of the story. So even the characters that are from the movies that technically aren't byproducts necessarily of the show, you still get to see an entirely new and different um, dynamic and different dimension to these characters that really when you when you look at it as a collective whole 
only serves to raise everything else from the prequel saga up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was um really good character building in that show. I, I just I cannot believe how much I enjoyed it, honestly, because I'm just not a big prequels guy. But that show was great. So um, yeah. thank uh, you, TJ, for making me watch that. You're welcome. Uh, one more thing I like that they did so well is humanize the clones. Because in the prequels, oh, yeah. they're just clones. They're no ones. They're nobodies. Well, what's funny is that bothered me at first. At first, I was like, wait, you can't humanize them because clearly they're just programmed because they turn on all the Jedis. But then they explained that in such a fantastic way that I was like, you know, I couldn't possibly be happier about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if we had to rate it uh, zero yeah, to ten, that's... I'll 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 rate this one first. Um I'm going to give it an 8, an 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed Clone Wars. So nearly perfect to uh, you is an 8. Yes. Um, I, I want to say that I, I there's only three movies that I would give a 10 to. I'm a really, I'm just a strong critic. To me, 5 is an average movie. So to be 3 over 5 is just mind-blowing. I'm going to give it a 9.5. It is just such a good series, such a yeah. great piece of Star Wars content. Probably my top three favorites. Definitely my top three. It's you know nine point five solid. <laughs> All right, Joe. I have to. Um, I have to really stop myself from giving it a ten. I I think that <laughs> when you consider everything about it, and also come at it from the point of view of you're talking about a cartoon that is based around Star Wars. Obviously it's going to have an element to it that is geared towards kids and a younger point of view. But even with that for me is very, very forgivable for the simple fact you brought it up before about the prequel trilogies as a whole I may have fallen in love with the original three. I may have, that may have been my entry point, but you're talking about establishing something strong to be an entry point for a whole new generation of fans to be born and a whole new group of people to be able to find this IP. So to me, what it does for the Star Wars community as a whole kind of forgives that somewhat juvenile sort of tone that the early show has. So uh, somewhere in between, uh, we'll, we'll say 9.75. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to put a quick asterisk here of, um, or a couple really. Uh, first, I, I want to say another thing that we really owe to this show. That's, that's great. That's, you know, reflected in what I saw at galaxy's edge. Um, since Disney owns Star Wars, a lot of the old books are no longer canon. So a lot of what we thought of as Star Wars lore isn't really there anymore. But now that this show is canon, we still have an immense amount to pull from. And a lot of the upcoming movies and shows are doing exactly that. They're pulling from the Clone Wars because of how good it was and how well received it was by the fans. So I'm excited for that. Really thankful for the series. Again, TJ, thank you for making me watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had a little bit more time, I think we delve into... Uh, there's plenty of theological and philosophical stuff we could really get into here. Um, instead, what I'm going to do is if you're on our, one of our social medias or better yet, if you're a patron, 
and you want to pick one of these topics for us to talk about, we will do a whole nother episode involving Clone Wars and talk about these other issues. Um, Because it talks about stuff like, are clones really people? Which brings to me the question of, you know, we're so close to cloning technology in actual real life. They've cloned an actual cat. They could probably do a human eventually. Would that human have a soul? I find that interesting. Um, Does religion ever go too far or not far enough? You know, you have these stories where the Jedi's dogmatic religion makes them almost the bad guys. You have stories where in war they're not able to do enough, which also makes them the bad guys. Sometimes not being able to defend someone because of your religion can be a problem. And it it delves into a lot of that stuff. So if you guys have some topics that you would like us to discuss from the Clone Wars, please, please, please let us know. We would love to cover it. Yeah. To wrap up, uh, we just wanted to go over some recommendations from everyone on the show. Uh, Joe, do you have any recommendations for the people listening? Absolutely. There is a comic book series that is, that's come out called The Last Ronin. It's uh, a kind of a darkest timeline Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, nice. comic book series. And it's so well written. If you're looking for character development out of the turtles, um, yes, it's dark. Yes, it's a bit heavy, but we're talking about fully fledged characters in a setting that really makes you think. And so I would definitely pick yeah, that up. It is fantastic. Awesome. Um, I gotta say. <laughs> of course you read it. Uh, TJ reads a lot, guys. Um, so for my recommendation, I- I'm gonna do a weird one. Um, it's another podcast, but it's, o- it's only really sort of a podcast. It's a story. It's called Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star-Lord. Um, fantastic series. You're basically just getting to be like your first person in the story. You are listening to what is happening. So you're just listening to Old Man Star-Lord and Rocket go through this adventure on like a deserted Earth, like post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Uh, the roster of villains is fantastic. You got like Emma Frost, Craven, Doctor Doom, and the voice acting is amazing. So uh, if you guys want to check that out, it's a great story. I highly recommend it. Right. So uh, I initially was going to recommend something completely unrelated, which is fine. Uh, everyone else <laughs> did that. But I love the old Star Wars expanded universe that was decanonized. Uh, read the Darth Bane trilogy by Timothy Zahn. It is so good. They're some of my favorite books. And Darth Bane is still canon, actually. So I don't know if his exact story is what Disney thinks is still canon. But Yoda does talk to Darth Bane in an ancient Sith temple in the Clone Wars. So he's canon. Fantastic series. He established the rule of two. And Timothy Zahn's a fantastic writer. He'll probably be in some of the future movies. Right. Or past movies, if you will. Right. Uh, So, Joe, uh, where can people follow you online or whatever else you do that they might want to follow? Um, You can find me over at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Two guys talking about um, raw conversation about the intimacy uh, with God. So you can find us uh, there on all the social medias of Buddy Walk with Jesus. Awesome. Uh, Josh, what about you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, TJ and I 
you and I, TJ, we both do another podcast. It's the Whole Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening now, you can just look it up and you'll find us. Yeah. You can hear us talk about church and unity and stuff. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I personally am really barely present on social media. I am the eternal observer. I just, I lurk. (laughs) I don't post anything anymore. Uh, But I am on social medias. You can follow me on Facebook, TJ Blackwell, Instagram, manifinesse.destiny. We'll see. Uh, Next episode, we will be talking about misconceptions of anime and Dungeons and Dragons uh, with hosts Reverend Kino Kennedy, Ali Kuntz, and myself. Uh, We'll be back on the episode. So uh, look forward to that. We look forward to having you. Uh, Go to the website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on and what we should be geeking out on. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.